definitely. Nietzsche fascinates me. He always seduces me. At the same time, he's outrageous. He's infuriating. He's inconsistent. And I always find myself trying to make sense of it, even after 30 years. What I'd like to do in these lectures is to try and give some system, some shape to Nietzsche's thought. And I want to be very clear that I'm not going to try and formalize him or even systematize him as much as run through some of his most famous themes. Some of them, no doubt, will offend you too. That's intentional. Nietzsche wanted to be polemical. His whole philosophy is aimed not at presenting a worldview so much as making us think, and in particular, making us examine ourselves and ultimately love our lives. The themes are famous enough, and these lectures will be structured around them. First of all, of course, there's the infamous doctrine of the Übermensch, the Superman, an almost cartoon-like character that in fact plays a very small role in Nietzsche's actual writing and is made famous more by George Bernard Shaw, who wrote a parodic play of him, than by the real centrality in Nietzsche's philosophy. Nevertheless, it's an important doctrine and it helps us to understand some of the ways that Nietzsche was thinking. There's the equally infamous notion of the will to power, which sounds as ominous as can be, especially given German history of the last hundred years or so. In fact, it's much more benign than it sounds, has much more to do with personal self-discipline and strength than it does with anything like military might. Nietzsche talks in his first work and then throughout his career about the twin Greek deities, Apollo and Dionysus. In his first work, he talks about the Apollonian, which is the individual, the rational, and the Dionysian as the sort of frenzied, orgiastic sense in which we feel ourselves as part of life throwing, flowing through us. And of course, that's going to be an important image throughout Nietzsche's philosophy. There is his attack on Christianity. When I made a trip to give a lecture in North Texas just a couple months ago, I was informed very somberly over dinner that Nietzsche was the Antichrist. That's not quite fair. But perhaps one could say he's anti-Christian, or at least he's certainly anti the kind of Christianity that he saw around him. But as we're going to argue, there's a good deal of Christianity, a good deal of Lutherism that remains in his philosophy, and Nietzsche is anything but a philosopher who is against the notion of spirituality. We're going to talk about nihilism which is a very current word. Nietzsche has often been accused of being a nihilist, namely a philosopher who believes in nothing, who does nothing but destroy. What I'd like to show is that exact opposite is true, that what Nietzsche attacks are mainly values that he considers both popular and nihilistic, values that ultimately, as he puts it, devalue themselves. I also want to talk about his famous repudiation of morality. Nietzsche sometimes calls himself an immoralist. Well, yes and no. He certainly is a man who lived a perfectly respectable life. Everyone who knew him would comment on his courtesy, his generosity, his niceness. 
But nevertheless, what he says about morality is often very harsh. And what I'd like to argue is that what Nietzsche tries to do is to get us to think about morals, about ethics, about values in a different way. Part of the campaign against Christianity, against morality, is what Nietzsche calls his war against guilt and sin. Of course, he's not the only one. A few years later, Freud was to undertake a similar campaign. Guilt is neurotic. Guilt is not good for you. Guilt is not simply taking responsibility for your actions, but it's putting a metaphysical weight on them that they don't deserve. We're going to talk about Nietzsche's fatalism, his love of fate, what he calls amor fati. It's the idea that we have a destiny, the idea that we are born with talents and potentials, and the idea of his philosophy in many ways